As a way to honor all of the mothers on here, from now through Mother's Day weekend, you can grab the My Essential Birth course and get the new bonus birth affirmations track plus matching birth affirmation cards and get entered to win one of three goodies from Docatot. Or you can be one of the first five to bundle and save grabbing the My Essential Birth and Postpartum course. And I will personally send you a handmade 100% muslin cotton belly bind with your bonus tutorial video. Plus you get all the bonuses from before the birth affirmation track, matching birth affirmation cards, and you get entered to win one of three goodies from Docatot totaling $247 worth of goodies. Head to myessentialbirth.com forward slash get started and join me in the birth course today. Happy Mother's Day. First of all, I just want to jump on here and say thank you to everyone that has followed along. If you have left a review, if you have listened and shared a podcast, if you've joined me somewhere on Instagram or said hello in the emails, thank you for being here. Um, And even if you haven't reached out in any way, I hope that you are enjoying everything that you're hearing and you're utilizing all that information to build your best birth. Um, I want to wish you all a very Merry Christmas and I hope you enjoy the rest of this year. For our last episode that we have, this we always like to do our favorite, our biggest episode, the most popular episode of the year and run it again for you during this week. So this one's all about contractions, what you can expect, how to know that it's time for you to head to your birthplace and how to keep track. Along with that, make sure that you keep an eye on your email because at the beginning of 2024, I'm going to be sending out a survey and it's going to ask you all the questions about what you want to hear from me on this podcast for this next year. So I hope you have a great rest of your year and I will see you in 2024. Women have been giving birth for centuries, so it's a pretty natural experience, right? Wrong. I'm Stephanie King, professional doula, childbirth educator, and the creator of the My Essential Birth Course, the online childbirth education course that's helping women everywhere confidently achieve their best birth. Today's culture would have us think that birth should be treated like an illness or an emergency, and that most of us need other people telling us what's best for our bodies because we aren't the experts. So sit tight, because if you're tuning into this podcast, you'll probably start to believe in your body, your intuition, and find yourself empowered and confident to do what it takes to have the birth of your dreams. If you like listening to me take you through these weekly topics step-by-step, then you're going to love the My Essential Birth course. Make sure that you're subscribed to the podcast and definitely head over to myessentialbirth.com for the free downloads mentioned right here in these episodes and to join the birth course and community full of pregnant moms just like you. I have to add a disclaimer that I am not a medical professional and I cannot provide medical advice. All of the information expressed in this podcast are based off of personal, professional, and educational experiences and are my own opinion. Please work with a provider you trust for medical advice during your pregnancy and birth. This week's reviewer of the week is Lexi Nutman. And this is a fun one because she has given a review before and it has an update on here. So she says, first time mom feeling empowered. Hello there. I am a first time mom and about halfway through my pregnancy since listening to this podcast, more like binging the podcast, I have learned so much about what type of birth I want. I'm feeling so confident and empowered to start this journey. I loved the podcast so much. I decided to join the birth class. Love it so far. Thanks so much for this information and pros and cons on everything. Here's the update. 
She said, update, second time around, and all caps, still learning new information and binging this podcast. Lexi, I am so excited that you are here to stay and you keep hanging around and doing the work. Um, For those of you that are listening, whether it is your first time or you are with me for like your third baby at this point, I am so happy that you guys are here and you're listening and you're doing the work. That is why I do what I do. This week, I I really hope actually that this topic is going to resonate with a lot of you moms that are listening. I know especially when we are pregnant, at least for me, right? The most exciting part of pregnancy, other than finding out that you're pregnant, is finding out that you're in labor or trying to figure that out. And I think a lot of that happens with those contractions. That's what we're waiting for is that first contraction. I think most births are not like the movies um, for any mom who has been through a birth before, meaning it doesn't start with this big gush of, oh, shoot, my water broke. And then we've got these intensely insane contractions that rush us to the hospital. Look at everybody. It's a mom in labor. Most of the time, your contractions and your labor is going to give you time to ease into that process. Now, of course, I'm going to say all of this and I'm going to have the mom that emails me and says, that was me, <laughs> right? So if that was you, okay, yes, it can occasionally happen where the, everything starts with your water breaking and there are actually some really fun and funny stories that go along with like, my water broke here or here or here, right? So of course, your water can break and that can be the start of things. But even with that, even if contractions start right away as soon as that water breaks, most of the time they're not like, oh shoot, this hurts, we gotta go. And if they are, then yes, move immediately to your birthplace. But with that in mind, I'm going to walk you through what you can expect with those first contractions and as they progress through labor, what you can do to help manage them as they increase in intensity and consistency and how you can easily keep track of them if you choose that you want to do that. And that'll include also, when do I head to my birthplace? So with that, let's get started with how do contractions feel or what do they feel like? Now, I have an entire section in the birth course with moms talking on video with their birth partners about how this feels for them. Now, a lot of it is individual. It's going to maybe be not so easy in textbook for you when you're trying to figure out if you're actually in labor. But at the same time, a lot of it sounds very familiar. So first of all, before I get into exactly how that feels, I want to talk about Braxton Hicks. Because if you are pregnant, um, especially with your first baby, you may or may not have even heard this term before, or you may or may not recognize what's happening in your belly or your uterine area um, as you're feeling kind of these tightening over time. So Braxton Hick contractions, we call them practice contractions, are a tightening of your uterus. They are a contraction, but they are not the contraction that leads to uh, giving birth, leads to a baby. So you'll feel some tightening. Um, you'll notice all of a sudden that like maybe it kind of like takes your breath away for a moment. If you push on different parts of your belly, it'll feel harder or softer depending where you are in that tightening or how strong that tightening is. They can kind of come and go. Um, oftentimes they're brought on by activity. So if you are walking, uh, if you are vacuuming, if you're cleaning your house, especially scrubbing your floors down on your hands and knees kinds of things, which 
is kind of a joke on how to put a woman into labor, which can actually work. Um, it's anyways, I'm not going to get into that, but it is kind of a funny, like just background noise kind of thing to know. But, um, intercourse is another thing that can do it. And especially for moms who are gearing up, trying to get things moving, it's pretty common for moms to use things like intercourse to get things moving. So it's common for that to create contractions, whether that is real labor contractions or Braxton Hick contractions. Um, so that's kind of an overview of that, knowing that they can be brought brought on by activity. They can happen when you are just sitting still. And in fact, kind of the funny thing about Braxton Hicks and why I'm choosing to bring it up is a lot of times, even as you are, say that you are at work or you're at home watching TV and you are, you're kind of in more of a still position and those contractions or Braxton Hick contractions kind of start coming on. So you feel that tightening and you start feeling it a little bit more often, a little bit more often. And you notice oh, it's coming in a pattern now. Braxton Hicks contractions can come and and move into a pattern like that. But most often, well, almost always, like they're not painful um, or anything like that. And you'll notice that when you change positions, when you were laying down or sitting down and you get up, even if you've been there for like an hour and you've had however many Braxton Hicks contractions consistently during that time, that when you get up and you start moving around and doing other things that they space out, stall out, go away. Um, And that can be the same with even if they kind of like hang out there for a little bit, they eventually fizzle out. It's different than prodromal labor. Prodromal labor are labor contractions that feel very different than Braxton Hicks contractions because now they are actually the contractions that are going to help produce a baby. Um, But the prodromal labor part of it is you can have them longer, stronger, closer together. They can come for hours at a time um, and then they fizzle out and you're like, wait a second, what just happened? And that's a whole mental game and a whole conversation for another day. So let's talk about what those real labor contractions might feel like. I'm going to talk to you a little bit as a mom who has had them. And then I'm going to talk to you about a, like from a childbirth educator, doula, professional kind of person who has seen other women have them and heard a lot of feedback about what they're feeling. Um, I will tell you that this is common, whether or not I am talking about other women or myself, you will feel a tightening, just like I talked about with the Braxton Hicks but it will be different. All of a sudden, there's kind of a shift. Um, and to head back just for a moment, if you are a first-time mom and you don't understand what I'm talking about when it comes to Braxton Hicks, you will understand either later, later in pregnancy or after you've given birth and you're like, oh, that's what those were. So with your second, third, fourth babies, you'll notice right away, like instead of, for example, I didn't feel Braxton Hicks or understand what they were until like my third trimester with my first baby. Then when I got pregnant with my second baby, I started feeling them at like 14 weeks or so. And I'm like, "Mm, I know exactly what that is. So there is a difference between Braxton Hicks and a labor contraction. And so labor contractions definitely have that different feeling. A lot of times how they are described is kind of a lower abdominal cramping. Like, oh, I just feel like I have period cramps, kind of uncomfortable. Maybe you're noticing the tightening, maybe you're not. But that cramping is coming in waves. So if you've ever had period cramps, that's something maybe to kind of like think about and consider. There are, I feel like there's very few women that don't have cramps when it comes to their menstrual cycles. Um, But if that is you, then hang tight. It'll kind of feel, it's uncomfortable, it's down low, um, and it'll come in waves. The other thing that you might feel is along your lower back. That's a really common one. It's just uncomfortable, kind of crampy along my lower back. In fact, a lot of women end up with like a heat pad or something at the beginning of labor just 
was trying to like alleviate that, like maybe I've been sitting too long. Maybe I've been on my feet too long. Maybe I'm in this position too long, or maybe I'm just like big and pregnant and uncomfortable and I'm going to put a heat pack or something there. That's really, really common. Um, so if, and, and the other thing that can go along with those kind of how I mentioned with the Braxton Hicks, how it can kind of like take your breath away for a moment. These contractions, as they move into the labor contractions, you'll notice at the beginning, you'll probably be able to like walk while you're walk through them, like while you're having them, you'll be able to talk while you're having them. All of that kind of starts to change, but there will be a point where all of a sudden you're, it's going to catch you and you, you have to pause. You're going to have to focus. It's going to command your attention. And of course, that's going to be a little bit different or completely different than a Braxton Hicks. The most common thing that I hear from women as a doula, as we are texting back and forth and we're trying to figure out, is this labor? Is this not? Is I'm having this cramping in my lower back and it's starting to come around to the front. Like it's wrapping around to the front is how it's described. I mean, textbook, that is my, that woman is an early labor call. <laughs> so even with that, though, I'll tell you just from a doula's perspective, if you are having those contractions and you're feeling that wrapping around to the front, that can be a signal to you that, oh my goodness, this is exciting and that's early labor. It is definitely a time to call your doula and say, hey, heads up, this is what I'm feeling or text them and let them know. But it's likely not the time to say, hey, meet me at the hospital or hey, come and see me at my, you know, at my home. Um, unless you have maybe a circumstance where that is what you've discussed. That's your comfort level. You want your doula there really early or your birth partner, significant other is out of town. Um, you're feeling like you need that extra support, something like that. Generally speaking, you still have a good amount of time to work into the labor process and to, to work with your body throughout that process. So what happens is real labor contractions become longer, stronger, and closer together. Just kind of remember that. Keep that in the back of your mind. Longer, stronger, closer together. So in the beginning, maybe they start out, you're having them every 10 minutes or so. They're lasting for maybe only 20 to 30 seconds. You're noticing them. You're kind of like, wait, what is that? You're maybe feeling a little bit excited, but they're they're pretty far apart. They're not lasting very long. And um, as time goes on, you'll notice either that, that duration and such is going to start getting closer together, or it's going to space out, fizzle out, or it'll prodromal labor, which we're just going to not say that out loud. So it doesn't happen to any of you. Um, but that would be where you have it longer, stronger, closer together. And then eventually it does fizzle out for one reason or another. And so what you'll start noticing that um, it's really common when things really get moving is instead of that like, okay, they're 10 minutes apart, it's all of a sudden that 10 has shifted to an eight minutes apart. Um, and instead of being 20 to 30 seconds, we're moving into the 40 second phase. And that's happening now like over the course of several hours and things are kind of progressing and moving. So that's what you can expect with that for the labor contraction part. Now, I am gonna teach you how to time them in just a little bit. So hang tight for that. But let's talk about how to work through contractions because there is a lot of excitement behind being an early labor. Uh, and there's some things that you can do to make yourself more comfortable uh, as things kind of get moving for your birth. 
So the first thing I'm going to tell you to do is ignore them, <laughs> which will be the hardest thing to do, uh, especially because a lot of times those contractions start coming on in the middle of the night um, or earlier, like before bedtime. And good luck trying to actually ignore them and fall back to sleep, right? Because we're just sitting there wide eyed, like, oh my gosh, that's happening. I'm so excited. You know, don't poke the husband awake kind of thing. Um, but I am going to tell you to try to ignore them. And especially if you're a mom, like, Maybe you've got some distraction, like you work somewhere or you've got little kids at home or you're out doing something. Definitely try and keep the norm of whatever your schedule would look like for that day. So you don't want to, with those first couple contractions, decide, I'm going home from work. Uh, you know, everything at this, I'm going to focus on this for the rest of the day. You're going to drive yourself crazy and it's going to feel like you're in labor forever. So if you can, trust me and try to ignore them. Um, like I said, I'm going to teach you how to time them in just a minute. So hang tight. The other thing I'm going to tell you to do is to change up your activity. So of course we want to see, is this the real thing? Um, kind of what's going on. Also, it just gives you a way to um, kind of move some of that time or like keep some of that time. So if you are at work and you're sitting down at your computer and you've been there for like an hour and you're like, oh, this has been like every 10 minutes for an hour. I can tell something's changing. Something's different. Get up. Get up and start moving. Take a walk down the hall. Go take a break and walk around. Take a lap around your building or take a small walk outside if that's a possibility for you. Go up and down the stairs for a minute. Get up. Get moving. You know, move away from what you're doing. Another thing that you can do, um, and especially as we're like, going to be moving into summer here in a little bit. Something that can cause contractions um, is heat and like heat exhaustion, being dehydrated. So definitely make sure that you are hydrated, that you are drinking enough water. I always say, you know, just keep your cup near you and just drink, drink, drink. You should, you're already going to be peeing all the time. You might as well just make sure you're hydrated and keep going. So, uh, and then the other thing that you can do is eat. So if you haven't had some food yet, especially in a while, now is your time to eat. Try to make it something that is a good, healthy snack, but just whatever you can get your hands on, have a little snack. Um, if you can make it like protein rich and it's got a good amount of like protein, carbs, fat, that's an awesome thing. We always say add fiber too. Um, so, so do that. Make sure that you take some time to eat. If you are up and moving around, sit down for a minute. Rest, lay down if you can, watch a show, um, just obviously depending on where you're at and what you're doing for the day. And then if you are at home and you're able to say that, you know, you're at work or you're out and now you're back home, take a shower, take a bath, try to rest, relax, deep breaths, make sure you've had something to eat and drink, all of that. Uh, if this is something that's happening in the middle of the night, which is very common and it's kind of interesting to watch just that's where you're safe and comfortable and relaxed and sleeping. Like there is a reason if you think of where animals give birth and how they give birth, what do they do? You know, even on a farm, they're going to make themselves a nest, which we all have our nesting instincts, right? Um, but that and that little nest or that little area, that little safe place is usually in a dark, comfortable place that is secluded from other animals, predators, other things, right? It is this like little safety space. We do that too. And we need that too. Um, and so especially if we're talking about, you know, labor at night and all of that, there's a reason that that happens a lot in the nighttime. It's kind of this like safe space. There's not a lot of commotion going on. Um, there's time to like focus and be in, in your own home. That is a very real thing that a lot of women, if left alone, we're not talking about inductions and, and all the medical side of things, if left alone, 
that's typically a very common time to get a call, right? Like I'll, I'll get the call. It'll be around dinner time or nine, 10 o'clock at night. Hey, just letting you know, I think I'm feeling whatever and things really get moving and I'm at somebody's house at two and three in the morning. That's really common. Um, with that in mind, if you are sleeping and you start getting those contractions, definitely ignore them as long as you can. You are going to need that rest. You're going to need that energy. And so if you can remain in your bed, lay down, even if you're not sleeping, remain in that rested position, nice deep belly breaths. Um, think about, you know, ballooning your belly out and bringing it back in. Um, no chest breathing. Like that'll be a good time to really like focus on what you're doing and how you're handling contractions. As a way to honor all of the mothers on here, from now through Mother's Day weekend, you can grab the My Essential Birth course and get the new bonus birth affirmations track plus matching birth affirmation cards and get entered to win one of three goodies from Docatot. Or you can be one of the first five to bundle and save grabbing the My Essential Birth and Postpartum course. And I will personally send you a handmade 100% muslin cotton belly bind with your bonus tutorial video. Plus you get all the bonuses from before the birth affirmation track, matching birth affirmation cards, and you get entered to win one of three goodies from Docatot, totaling $247 worth of goodies. Head to myessentialbirth.com forward slash get started and join me in the birth course today. Happy Mother's Day. The next thing that you can do is distract yourself. Uh, this is my favorite, especially as I had more and more babies. It was a favorite of like, I think I'm having contractions. Let's go somewhere. <laughs> and obviously, depending on where your contractions are at and how you're feeling, that means somebody should be driving you somewhere. Um, if it's super early on, they're really spaced out. You can't really tell if you're in labor. You probably have a minute or two and you can be driving around and doing your own thing. Don't be too far from home. Make sure that there's a phone call away if somebody does need to come pick you up. Safety, that kind of stuff. But I say go out to dinner if you can that night. Um, a favorite of mine is going to Target or any other place that you like to shop that like, I like Target because it's nice and big. They have, I feel like they're always going to have something that I'm interested in, like a candle to smell or a nice comfy whatever, like stuff to look at. So um, Target does not have to be your thing. It can be wherever you want, but I love it because I'm like, I'm going to take this cart around. And so I've got something to lean on so that I can like breathe. And it's really common to see women walking slowly and browsing and squatting down to look at things at Target. So it's actually a really great place for labor ad for Target right here, right? Okay. I'm kind of kidding with that. But another thing that you can do is watch a show. So say that you've been in or out or whatever. Um, that's just a fun thing to do, right? With your birth partner or whatever, end of the night. So pop on a show, sit on the couch. Um, don't be too slinked back and sunken down, you know, make sure that you're, you've got good body mechanics and you're propping yourself properly and you can be really comfortable, but just, you know, comfortable position, something to distract you on the TV. Chances are you're not really going to be paying attention to anything going on on the TV, but at least it's on and it's distracting and it's something to do. And you can work on those big belly breaths and just focusing on maybe some positive affirmations or being very calm. Um, another thing that you can do is to get up and walk. Go ahead and pop your earbuds or AirPods in and go listen to a podcast. Wink, wink, right? Um, and just get a walk in um, if you are trying to encourage things or 
curious to see that if you do a little bit of encouragement, maybe things will continue. Then you can add in some curb walking and curb walking is known to kind of like help you know, tilt that baby around in the pelvis, get a little bit of movement, encourage some movement and some contractions to continue. So that's something that you can do. I say get lunch with a friend um, or again, your birth partner, just something to distract yourself. And then, like I said, plan to have somebody driving you around if at all you're concerned about where you're at in your labor. Um, another thing that you can do as far as the comfort goes, once things get moving, especially, um, would be to try some different positions. So you kind of heard me talk about that just naturally with what you're doing. So that was like, I'm laying down in bed and I'm taking a break or I'm in the bath and I'm leaned back in the warm water and kind of like focusing and getting in tune with myself, um, walking around even just the house. And then as you're thinking of like, ways to be comfortable um, as those contractions continue to come on, maybe they're coming a little bit more intense, then you can just find a counter or the back of a chair, something to like lean over. And then you let that belly hang and you breathe into it. We are really, um, it's just like how our abdominals and such work. Like most of the time we are holding that area in, that's just core 101, right? Um, maybe a little less when we have our, when we're pregnant, we've got our babies, we've got that, um, a little bit of ab separation or just the like pushing against your abdominals. But that area is just generally heavier. However, if you notice, like even if you stopped right now and you like lean over something, you just like bend at the hips and lean over something, you were holding your stomach up nine times out of 10. That's exactly what's happening. Your job is to drop that belly let it go, be heavy, let it be big. And then your breath, instead of going through your chest, you're going to focus all that breath into your belly like you're blowing it up like a balloon. And then you're going to breathe that air comfortably out. And you're just going to practice those breaths back and forth. That was one of my favorite things to do um, early on in labor. It's like, I am just going to breathe and relax and focus and be positive. Talk to my baby, get in the zone. That's all really, really great early labor stuff to do. Um, the other thing that you can do is using a birth ball. So if you have an exercise or yoga ball at home, I don't know about you guys, it ended up being one of my favorites, especially for my home birth. I, you could not get me off that thing. Like I was very, very comfortable on my birth ball for many, many hours. The great thing about a birth ball or an exercise ball rather than like sitting in a chair is um, because it is soft and squishy, especially in the perineal area, it allows that area to not feel so tight and constricted during contraction. So it can be really comfortable when one of the things that happens is when you breathe in, your perineal area naturally pushes out unless we are holding it in. Um, and one of the ways that you can help that area to be loose is to have your jaw loose. So think of like breathing in and your jaws dropped or loose, that area will release and relax and kind of bulge out. That is exactly what you are looking for, for a relaxed, comfortable belly breath during a contraction. So there's a couple of visuals for you. Um, sorry for the dads that are listening. Now, these early times, I think, can be really great to kind of focus and get in the zone too. So when you're talking, when you hear me talk about laying down in bed or um, maybe getting in the bath, I will tell you this is this was kind of like just tradition of what I ended up doing for my babies um, after my first, and that was once the contractions started coming on, where I knew I couldn't ignore them, I wasn't comfortable laying down anymore. I ran myself a bath and I sat in the bathtub, and that was my time to start timing contractions just for fun. Sometimes it's not fun, and you shouldn't do it, but I. Did it anyways. Um, I was in the bathtub, either had a candle on or really low lights and just breathing, just breathing, 
focusing, appreciating kind of those last moments of you're in my belly and I'm about to meet you. I'm getting emotional as I'm saying this. Um, Like that's another thing that moms do is they'll go into the nursery or, you know, the playroom and like just sit and kind of take it all in that like there is a new life, there is a new spirit, there is this new child that we get to welcome into our home and this is their space, Um, especially if you're at home. Just that really calm, like this, you're going to be here with me soon in my arms like I'm ready and it can help you really focus um, not just your intentions and uh, kind of like goodwill for that birth, but it just, it, it brings it all in and makes it real. And especially in those early times like that, those were times that I didn't have my husband next to me. Um, Those were my times. That was, that was time for me to get in the zone, talk to my baby, feel my baby's spirit and that just really sweet, calm time that happens before labor continues and things get more intense and, oh my gosh, we've got a baby here. And then you get to have those sweet times after middle of the night and now you're in the room and you're like, this is where it all started. It's so special and fun and and all of that. So another thing to do would be looking over the birth bag. Hopefully you're not packing it at this point. So hopefully it's totally packed and ready to go. If you're like me, I'm packing it at this point. Don't be me. Um, but I just think those are some really fun, special little things to do um, in preparation for that. Okay. Let's talk about when you go to your birthplace. When is it time to go? If you're having a baby at home, right? Nothing to worry about. But if you are traveling either to a birth center or a hospital, then that's going to look like a little different for you, trying to figure out when it's time to go. If you guys have been listening to the podcast for a little bit, or if you're in the birth course, you know I talk about this 311. Now, um, 311 stands for contractions that are three minutes apart, lasting one minute long for at least an hour. That is a kind of safe if you are trying to spend the majority of time at your home. Um, you're trying to reduce intervention. You're maybe trying to like wait to get an epidural as long as you can, or you're choosing to um, go the more un- the unmedicated route and not do the epidural. Those that's kind of one of the ways that you can tell if it's time. Three one one is one of several key factors that are going to tell you it's time to go. So I say if birth partners are listening or if they're in the room, like now's a good time to listen up to. Actually, this episode would be great for them all throughout so they know how to support you. But if because they're probably going to be your set of eyes for is it time to go um, and maybe make sure that you trust your birth partner, because if you're like me, I'm going to be like, "Mm, no, I know better. And I don't care what you were saying that you learned all the things like I'm going to listen to me and I am usually wrong in those situations. So maybe have a doula. That is what worked the best for us. But if you know that you're going to trust your birth partner, um, you guys are really well versed on this or you've done it before, whatever, then 311 is one of a couple of things that'll tell you. Now, as those early labor contractions begin, right? You're like, oh, I think I'm feeling it in my back. Oh, it's wrapping around to my belly. Oh, they're getting a little bit more consistent and closer together. What I want you to pay attention to, and especially dads, if you're listening, is mom's attitude. So more so than anything with, and they, they will end up going together, but more so than the contractions and what they're doing. What is mom doing? 
And this is what gets me a little crazy when we're talking about hospital births and um, contraction timing, like contraction monitoring and such, because they get so set on the like, well, your contractions are this close together and they're doing this. So you should be. And it's like, look at her. She's either way farther than you're telling her she should be or she's got a while to go. So stop staring at the monitor and stare at the mom. And so especially early on, we all know it's like, oh, I'm so excited. I'm in labor. I'm pretty sure this is it. Maybe you're calling and texting all the people. Maybe you're like, really like, oh my gosh, is this it? You're going back and forth. And it's just really exciting. If that is how you are still feeling at 311, then you just happen to have contractions that are closer together and a little bit longer. And it doesn't mean it's time to go into your birthplace yet. There are going to be some of you that are comfortable, generally comfortable, um, really late into labor. It will not be the majority of us because that's just not always the case, but there will be some moms that that's the case. Even then, it's not going to be the anxious, excited, we're at the beginning of birth kind of stuff. So keep that in mind. Um, This is the time when you are, you're able to walk through your contractions. You can talk through your contractions, kind of like I mentioned earlier. They're um, distracting you. They're pulling you away and grabbing your attention a little bit. You can tell that they're there. You can't ignore them. You understand that, you know, something is happening, but you're still not worked into a good, heavy, hardworking pattern. So as labor continues, and we call that kind of for the first stage of labor um, or early first stage of labor. So as we move into that later first stage of labor, those contractions that you're like, am I in labor or I think this is it? I'm pretty sure this is the right thing. There's no question when you hit that later stage of labor. It is that it's commanding your attention. You're having to focus and breathe. You're not able to walk through them comfortably anymore. Or it takes a bit of effort. Um, in between contractions and during contractions, instead of talking and stuff, you're hoping people are quiet or you're listening to music or meditations or your birth partner's giving you cues. You're finding that you need hands-on support for things. Your body is naturally swaying and moving. You're really having to focus on your breath. It's like you're doing hard work. Like if you were doing some physical activity or you were weightlifting or something, you can tell mom is focused. She's using um, not only like mental stuff, but you can tell like maybe there's some perspiration and stuff. Like she is doing the hard work of labor. That is a time coupled with and your contractions are, you know, three minutes apart, lasting a minute long for at least an hour. That kind of coupled with that is like the okay, then let's go. It's time to go. So there's a little bit more of information. Okay, let's talk about how to time contractions. So I looked up a couple different contraction apps because I've been doing and doing this for a while and I know that there are some new ones out there. I downloaded a couple of them. I'm going to tell you I just I did three of them. One of them I use consistently every time. The other two are newer ones. So these are a couple that you can look at. Um, again, if you are listening to this podcast, check out the show notes. Um, they are either in, if you're on Apple Podcasts, there should be links directly in the show notes below. Otherwise, head to myessentialbirth.com forward slash podcast. Hit this week's podcast podcast down all the way to the bottom. There will be all the links for this episode. So if you're looking for um, contraction timer apps, that's where you're going to head. This one is called Contraction Timer and Counter 9M. Um, It had like a ton of reviews. It looked like it was good and easy and all that. So when I got in there, and the nice thing about contraction timers is you don't have to think about it. Like even my first baby, I was writing down the times, you know, Gosh, you guys, it makes me feel so old. 
I'm not that old. Um, technology just moves quick. Okay. Um, but anyways, I would, I would write down the beginning time and write down the ending time. And I had this like, you know, piece of printer paper that I was scribbling all over and I'm like, yep, looks like I'm having contractions. That's the plan. Um, as time went on, I was able to use some apps. Even with my second, I had an app that I was using. I think it was called contraction timer, but I was using it on my computer because it was not free on the phone, but it was free on the computer. Anyways, here we are. So contraction timer encounter 9M was one of them. It has ads and interruptions. If you don't pay the $2.99 and they're pop-up ads, which I don't love, you don't need that kind of distraction while you are trying to figure out if you're in labor or not. It's it's just obnoxious in my opinion, but it's really popular. And if that works for you, something that you can absolutely use. Um, there is a $2.99. Like if you pay for that, the ads and all the other stuff goes away. Um, it's easy to use, but you can only start and stop the contraction with without the paid version. So these other ones that I'm going to talk to you about, it has like a plus symbol or another way that you can add a contraction if you missed one. Um, like say that you go to the bathroom and you left your phone on the bed. Like this one, I think you wouldn't be able to add in a contraction and that can be really irritating when you're trying to get a good read. Um, even if it's not a big deal in like the big scheme of things, it's going to drive you nuts. So this is probably not my favorite one. It also includes like recommendations that pop up every so often that are like, it's not time for you to go to the hospital or your contractions are sporadic. You should call your provider. And you're like, "Mm, that's going to give you really random, crazy advice for no particular reason. So um, don't love that. Uh, If you have the paid version, it can share by email. So you can like send all that stuff to your doula or whatever. I'm going to tell you, just send a screenshot. That's all I've ever done with a mom is, well, tell me what your contractions are doing. Send me a screenshot. Talk to me over the phone whatever. Um, I don't need an emailed copy of anything. The other one is called contraction timer dash time labor. So this one was easy to use. You scrap, scrap, you tap on the screen to start it. It has like a start button and then you can tap anywhere on the screen to stop it, which I actually kind of love because when you are in the zone and you're doing all your things and you're like, you just want to be able to tap that when it's done. Um, so that was really nice. It does have ads, but they're just like a, a bar at the bottom of the screen, which is very similar to the app that I use as a doula and that I have my clients use. And then the nice thing about this too is after you press stop, it starts a count up timer. So it tells you like how long it's been in between, like since that last contraction. I mean, it's good in some ways. I like it as a doula because I can like totally see what's going on. It's annoying in other ways when you're a mom and you're like staring at that (laughs) you can't stop that stare and you're like when's this next one gonna start is it gonna be two minutes this time you know what's really happening with my body I'm gonna tell you right now that timing your contractions can be really fun and it can also drive you crazy so have some balance with that just gonna throw that out there in fact it'd be a great thing to throw your phone at your husband or your birth partner and just say you do it I don't want to know just make sure that they're doing a good job of it and that they know the signals that they're not waiting until like Jim in the office. Right. And it's like, or was it Michael Scott that waited too long? Pam's like, how long, how far apart are they? Two minutes, two minutes apart. And she's panicking. We waited too long, which by the way, the baby, like they went during the day, baby's born the next day. That's more accurate. Um, okay. Those of you that follow along know I'm an office buff. Let's not talk about that. Okay, so you can add and edit contractions easily on this one. So if you accidentally touch the screen because you can press anywhere and you're like, no, my contraction wasn't over, you can go ahead and go in there and edit. You can add extra contractions, all that kind of stuff. The one that I use and have used consistently over the last 12, 13 years now is called full term. Full term is simple. It is not pretty or frilly in any way. It's like a black and white 
here you go. Here's how you use it. You press the start button when you have a contraction. You press the stop button when it's done. It has the count up timer for you. It does have those ads. They're not pop up. They're down at the bottom. Don't love them, but they're there. Um, and it's just really simple to use. If I wanted to, like I always, there's like a tab that I say, go to that tab, screenshot your contraction list to me. Let's see what we're doing. Um, yeah. And as a doula, I'll tell you this too. I'm not just staring at the contractions either. Uh, that would, I hope, drive every mom nuts because she might be like, yeah, but it says this, but this is how I'm feeling. Um, when I am dealing with a mom, and I know that this is exactly how your jewel will be too, that is a piece of information. Most often when I'm seeing contractions, you know, mom, we're texting back and forth. Maybe she hasn't called me yet or whatever. And I'm seeing contractions and they're moving from five minutes to four minutes apart and she's doing okay, but whatever. I'm going to call her. And I want to hear her on the phone and I'm going to get her talking and I'm going to get her talking until I hear a contraction on the phone. Is she able to pretty much talk to me during that contraction? You know, did it, did it, did she even have one when she was talking to me? Did that adrenaline kick in and, and that contraction is gone? Um, did she have to pause or is she stuttering over her words or she's like one second and you can hear her breathing? What does that sound like? That's going to give me way more information. Um, but it is a piece of the puzzle. Okay. Now, when you are timing contractions, um, kind of like I said, you're going to start the timer at the beginning of a contraction and you're going to stop the timer at the end of the contraction, which can be a little tricky because some contractions you're like, wait, is that over? Wait, is that done? Wait, is that when it reaches the point like you're going up, they all kind of work on this like think of a mountain or like a. Um, yeah, like a bell. You're, it, they, you climb, you climb, you climb, and you're going to hit this peak, and then you're going to come back down, and it's going to be maybe a little bit tricky to figure out when it's completely finished. So it's when you get to the bottom, and you can really take like one deep breath, and you're like, pretty sure that's over. Um, maybe that's not a great description of it without being with you during a contraction during labor, but it kind of hits this like, and you'll notice, you'll notice like when you start the contraction, you'll hit that peak. That's another way that you can time it. If you don't want to go beginning of one to the, to the end of one to see how long they're lasting, you can go beginning of one to where it was the strongest and then you can double it. So if it takes you 30 seconds to get up to that peak, as soon as that contraction starts and you're like... And then you're like, ooh, okay, we're coming down the other side. Time it there, double it. And that was a minute contraction or whatever it was. That's another way to time it. But the way that we're trying to figure out how far apart they are is it is counted from the start of one contraction to the start of the next contraction. So when I'm saying your contractions are three minutes apart, it's your contraction started at this minute. And let's say they lasted a minute. So it lasted a minute long. So two minutes later is when your next contraction starts. You have a two-minute break between them. So when they're two minutes apart, you have a contraction for a minute. It likely doesn't let go all of the way, especially as it gets, you know, a little farther. Um, but it releases a lot, and then you get about a minute break, and then you're at it again. I mean, towards the end, things are pretty intense. There's a reason that we call it transition, and it's a, a tricky place to be mentally, and uh, you're just exhausted. Um, but just know when you hit that spot that you are getting just that much closer. So that is how you time your contractions. Now, 
Lastly, before I go, I'm going to give you just a quick little tip when you are speaking to your healthcare provider, because we all get excited when we have contractions. And if you don't have a doula to call, or maybe you haven't taken a birth class and you don't really know what to expect, um, it's really important that I, I want you to think about those other things that I gave you. It is not just about how long, um, how, how far apart they are, how long they're lasting, um, and how long they've been doing that. It's also the other side of how are you handling them. And so when we're talking to providers, and especially if your goal is to be able to remain at home for a while. You'd like to be in your own clothes, in your own environment, comfortable, all that stuff for as long as you can. And then how you talk to your provider is going to matter. So when you're giving this information about there and they're going to ask you, well, how, how far apart are your contractions? How long are they lasting? How long have they been doing that? That's all information that you're going to want to be able to have when you call them. So if you call them after the first couple contractions and you're saying, I think I'm having, they're going to ask you those questions. And if you don't have them, they're probably going to want you to wait just a touch or they'll say, come in right away. Um, and either of those may or may not be comfortable to you depending on what you what your desires are for your birth. So make sure that you have that information um, and and that you can comfortably give that information to your provider over the phone. Now, if you are earlier than 36 weeks, your water has broken or you're having contractions that are longer, stronger, closer together, not going away, that's definitely like a call on the way in to your birth center, birthplace. If it's less than 36 weeks, your birth center is probably going to send you straight to the hospital. So that's a call into the hospital. If you're having contractions before 36 weeks, just contractions, no water broken that are longer, stronger, closer together. You're trying to figure out kind of what's going on. You're going to call your birthplace um, or your provider give them that information, make sure that you've been tracking them and all that. They're going to want that information. They're going to ask you about other things. Do you you know, have a fever? Is there any blood? Do you think your water's broken? Um, if it's broken, any meconium, like they're just going to ask a lot of questions um, for you to give them answers to. And if, if that is all, a lot of times what they're going to say is if it's just the contractions, it's like, okay, lay down, take a rest, you know, whatever, call us back in an hour, let us know things, how things are going or, or whatnot. And then they can give you further instructions that way. But if you are past that 36 week mark, you know that you and baby are healthy and all that stuff. Now you have some really good tips and tricks and things that you can do to comfortably move into that labor. That's it for this week, but make sure you subscribe to the podcast so that you get notifications first as I drop new episode every week. And don't forget to head over to myessentialbirth.com for all of the free downloads mentioned here and to join the birth course and community serving pregnant moms just like you. If you enjoyed this and other episodes, I would love it if you would take a few minutes to leave a review on Apple Podcasts. I read every single one and include one at the beginning of each episode. See you next week.